Hello everyone and welcome back to Witch Fix. Today I'm going to be talking about a book called Witch Hill by Marcus Sedgwick and this is actually a children's novel but it does contain quite a lot of very odd and strange themes which I haven't come across elsewhere in witch themed novels that I've been reading recently so I thought I'd give it a shout because it is quite interesting and very deep in some cases and then in some cases not so deep. Uh, Marcus Sedgwick is like a big time legit writer he has a lot of books out but i think this was his second novel ever so it is quite old at this point it came out in 2001 and uh, it has been since followed by a, a ton of other books i think for both children and adults so he's got range i'll give him that so witch hill is quite a short book it, it comes in at just under like well just over 150 pages um so not particularly long at all and the blurb for it is this the fire was a family tragedy that will always haunt jamie and there is something else going on in the village of crown hill something terrifying to do with an evil old hag who gets into his dreams and a scared girl the victim of a witch hunt jamie senses the girl's presence all around if only he could cross the barriers of time and save her a present day boy a 17th century girl an ancient crone for a single moment their lives are fused by fire and as the dark secrets of crown hill and its witches are revealed Jamie confronts his worst fears in order to free himself from the horrors of his past. So that sounds chilling. And to be honest, doesn't give a whole lot away. Is it going to be a novel featuring like time travel? Is it going to be about a witch conspiracy? Is it about supernatural occurrences or more mundane ones? We don't know yet. Well, obviously I do because I have read the book. The novel begins with Jamie staying with his aunt uh, in her house in Crown Hill and staying with his aunt and his cousin because his family home has burnt down and we are drip fed information about the fire at first just that there has been a fire and secondly that you know his parents are obviously still alive and fine and they are taking care of you know all the insurance business and things but they've sent him down to his aunt to get him away from it all and then he keeps mentioning kizzy who you're sort of given to understand is his sister uh, and whether or not like something bad happened to her in the fire and whether or not that was his fault and that's kind of an unfolding story throughout the novel the start of the novel is him having a nightmare which i'm willing to forgive because it is quite short i hate dream sequences that go on for a really long time this one goes on for like a page which is fine um and obviously the nightmares do feature quite heavily in the plot because they are how he encounters this evil old hag who is chasing him. That's all we get to go on at the beginning is that he has had this bad dream featuring this evil old lady who's like chasing him and there has been the fire. And then at the end of the first chapter there's a section which is just a page long and it has a italicised font on it and opposite it is a kind of black and white line drawing of a creepy lady which let me tell you I could have done without seeing at 11pm when I was lying in bed making a start on this new novel uh, and this is a pattern after each chapter you get uh, a black and white line drawing and on the page facing it a little extract of something to do with a witch and the first of these is first it is said that she learned this detestable art of witchcraft at the age of 12 and that she at that time did renounce god and gave of her blood to satan then that she did from this time employ the said detestable art for the conjuration and invocation of evil and wicked spirits for sorcerous purposes for a period of not less than five years. 
and that she did that march exercise her enchantments upon Richard Sedley of Frog End Ashbury as revenge for the quarrel between them, and that the said Richard Sedley began to pine and waste, and thus he was consumed until his death, April 2nd, the year of our Lord, 1658. So you probably don't need the 1658 there to tell you that all of that is taking place quite a long time ago because of the language. But it was only at that point that I began to sit up and take notice of the book. Uh, the first chapter, to be honest, I was kind of a little bit put off because it was written in that very boys novel of the 1970s. It felt very kind of like, oh, hello, Jim. It appears you have had a nightmare. Let me go and get you some hot milk and I'll tell Aunt Fanny all about it. But when this came in, I kind of became aware that there was something darker, something different going on in the plot, and it was going to be less straightforward than that writing style made it appear. So that's when I became interested. What got me even more interested, and the kind of thing that, and the thing that drew me into the novel and powered my interest through most of it, is the fact that Jamie's aunt is currently heading up a project to have the crown of Crown Hill cleaned and it's not like a physical crown that you would put on your head it is a big chalk drawing on the hillside um, sort of similar to some of the other ones in the UK um, but basically it has become overgrown and hidden beneath like grass and it's been stained by the elements and she wants to have it cleaned up for the town and she seems quite gung-ho about it almost like pathologically so it's all she wants to talk about and the arrangements for it and everything and she seems just to be kind of bulldozing over the fact that Jamie just like narrowly escaped a house fire with his life and is obviously kind of traumatized by that and also you know that her sister his mum and her family have been put through the ringer as well because of this house fire so that kind of read a bit weird to me and it kind of gave me a few like creeping chills that maybe something was going on with this drawing that we didn't know about it was something compelling her almost to be interested in it as she was and she's definitely having conversations with Jamie's cousin about the drawing about other things about the nightmare that he's having that he is not included in but that he keeps overhearing that suggests that something mysterious and odd is happening which I couldn't get enough of I was very excited it actually started to do something that some of the other novels I've read, like The Witches, um, try to do in this kind of witchy conspiracy, the Wicker Man type way, that they never really succeeded at for me. But this one, and it, like it's a kid's book, was actually really doing it for me in terms of suggesting that there was a conspiracy and suggesting that something not quite right was happening in this village, which I fell in love with as a plot element. They refer to the cleaning of the crown as the scouring with like a capital S as well which gives it this kind of real uh, ritualistic kind of feel whenever they mention it and then certain people start to let slip that they are scouring the old woman and not the crown and the history of the village starts to unravel a little bit and Jamie starts to find out a few things about it namely that it wasn't always called crown hill and that the crown or if indeed it is a crown on the hillside was not always seen as a crown um it used to be something else and that maybe it has been added to or parts of it have been covered up to change what it was originally i'm going to give a spoiler warning now because we're getting into some actual plot stuff so if you're intrigued so far stop listening go buy the book read it and then come back i'll wait okay so what actually happens is that the crown was once a chalk drawing of like a naked old lady kind of hunched up like Gollum. 
And after a, a full day of, of hard work of uncovering what they think is a crown, the aunt, Jamie, and his cousin come down off the hill. The rest of the work team haven't given up long ago because it's taking a long time and it's a lot of effort. But she's kept them working at it because she's obsessed. They come down the hill, they find a lot of the villagers gathered, looking up at the hill. And they all turn as, as they come up and they're like, that's her, she's the one who's done this. And it turns out what they've uncovered is this naked woman on the hill and it's quite shocking and you start to wonder sort of what is this town's history that this has been covered up and that the name has been changed from what was originally Cron Hill to Crown Hill. Now as soon as they said that the village had once been called Cron Hill instead of Crown Hill I instantly thought Crone because obviously especially in like Wicca and paganism you get used to referring to like older women uh figures of older women as crones because that's the the portion of the triple goddess that they represent maiden mother crone this was actually like a reveal at the end of the book that it had originally been called crone hill because of the chalk woman so that was kind of a little bit spoiled for me because i saw it coming but i'm not mad about it because it was a kid's book they kind of had to spell that out it soon gets revealed through the plot that the aunt and the cousin and her boss at the pub and a few other people in the village are they kind of say that they're members of like a club or society that the rest of the village isn't and they are interested in the history of the chalk markings which instantly made me think like maybe they're in a coven maybe like a secret culty society but nothing ever comes of that and that was really disappointing i was hoping that it would get elaborated on at some point but it wasn't similarly um some marks turn up on the gatepost of the aunt's house shortly after the chalk woman is uncovered which are like witch marks which are apparently meant to stop witches being able to pass through the gate and also a bunch of like neighborhood kids break into the garden they find her footprints in the mud and they stick thorns into them uh, because it's like a superstition that if you do that then the witch will have to return to that spot to remove the thorns in order to be like free again which is all very interesting but it doesn't really ever get linked into anything to do with the aunt about obviously them thinking that she is actually a witch that doesn't really get expanded on at all so that was quite disappointing in terms of the plot and what had got me interested in it the like vague chills the kind of idea of this secret society and these secret goings on kind of withered away and died towards the like the last quarter of the book because none of it really got expanded upon or used in an effective way which was a little bit disappointing what i did find interesting is the way in which the two ideas of witchcraft and the old woman and jamie's fear of the fire that he escaped are used in the story so jamie in his final confrontation with the, the hag woman who shows up she's sitting on his chest and he can't breathe and he can't move and if you've ever like looked into or heard anything about sleep paralysis that might sound familiar to you because apparently it's quite a common thing that people experience in sleep paralysis um, is seeing something or someone uh, sitting on their chest looking at them or standing at the end of the bed looking at them. Um, sleep paralysis is basically when, and I don't really understand a huge amount about this but basically when you're asleep the movement part of your brain is like disengaged so that when you have a dream about running you don't actually get off the bed and run around the room 
but sometimes when you wake up if you experience sleep paralysis it's because that part of your brain hasn't really come back online so you are awake but your body still can't move and you might see things that are still kind of dreamlike at that point because you're kind of trapped between being awake and being asleep i apologize if none of that is correct but that's what i understood about it from pop culture and a brief google search anywho the hag sitting in your chest is like something that people have reported as something they experienced during sleep paralysis and i liked the way that that was used in the story about the witch because obviously he's had this really traumatic event he is been asleep and woken up in a fire and now he's having trouble sleeping and he's having nightmares and I liked the way that he latched on to the mythology of the area he'd been sent to of this old woman on the hill to explain what he was going through and it was really clever the way the writer had done that it was a really interesting way of having the character become interested in this myth um, so that I really applaud and it was not something that I'd previously seen you know linking the two ideas together like that was very clever unfortunately that leads to the end of the book being more about jamie confronting his personal demons about the fire that he was in and basically um in his panic he didn't realize that his little sister was asleep in her room next to his he assumed she was in the parents room so he jumped out of the window uh, and his parents couldn't get to his little sister because of the fire and he felt like he should have stuck around to save her it was all fine because the fireman got her out and she was okay but he's been feeling guilty about it and that's maybe where all the nightmares come in and so that's really the end of the book is him confronting that and i think in the process of that we definitely lost any ex chance for an explanation about the old woman it's never even really revealed if there was a real old woman or an old lady witch the paragraphs in between chapters are about the young girl who was accused of witchcraft who was then um, burnt alive in her house um, which obviously is a bit triggering for jamie and what he's been through but the old woman why there is an old woman on the hill why the townspeople are so suspicious and superstitious about it why his aunt was so obsessed with it and why people think she's an actual witch these questions kind of go unanswered and for me that was slightly disappointing because those were the elements that obviously I was more interested in hearing about um, and I wish that something had been done with them as well as with Jamie's story. The book isn't that long it's like 150 pages and I felt like they could have added like another 50 pages of just explaining that stuff uh, in a satisfactory way that wouldn't have left me with kind of witchy blue balls if you will. Aside from that, it does a really good job of talking about like the witch craze and the civil war in really simplistic terms that I think obviously would come across well to children and in a way that would explain that. And it makes it clear that witches weren't like burnt at the stake really in England. They were hanged and various other kind of historical things that did seem accurate in the, in the story. My immersion was slightly ruined, however, by two things which I found disproportionately funny. Uh, and I feel like when you're trying to create like a spooky narrative, you don't want to accidentally say something that will make people laugh. It's sort of like um, some of the bits in like the Annabelle movies, like in the Conjuring universe, where the doll is kind of being like dragged along by its hair and bouncing around and it just looks a little bit silly. So the first thing is that the witch who was burned alive in her house, she had a familiar. The familiar was called um, Mr. Chubb or Chubb. 
um, which I found funny because it's, it's such a name that you would give a cat, like this fat useless cat. Oh yeah, that's Chub, um, which amused me <laughs> to, the, to the book's detriment, I think. Um, so there was that. There's also a point at which uh, Jamie has the second dream about the witch and she comes after him out of this hole in the ground. It's never really explained why she comes out of the hole in the ground. Like, I thought they were going to go into it and maybe be like, oh, she was buried down there or something as part of, like, this local legend. But, again, that was never explained. So I'm going to read you a little bit and it just spot the moment that made me laugh. Then I see something else. There are bare patches between some of the matted lumps of hair. In these bare patches, I can see something so white, it is evil. And then it moves. Not just a twitch this time, but a shudder. The ball of hair in front of my face rolls, twisting awkwardly on the rotting cloth. I'm looking into the face of the witch. I throw up and scream all at the same time, trying to push myself backwards and failing. The floor of the foul pit I'm in is covered in a stinking mess of putrefying slime, and my hands just wallow in it. The witch opens her slit mouth and a sound comes out, a really frightening sound. She is laughing. She gets up from the stinking mattress bed where she has been lying and with a grunt and a fart, she stands up on uneven legs. <laughs> I couldn't even get through that. Like, it's also creepy and this like creature coming like, like the girl from the ring, all like sticky and covered in slime and it's all gross and disgusting. And then it's just like, she gets up off the bed and farts like an old lady, like... Sometimes my mum farts when she uh, picks up a heavy object and that has never frightened me or given me the willies in this sense anyway. So that made me laugh just a little bit. Otherwise, I really like it. It has some interesting ideas. It's definitely not one that I would like read again, but it is one that I think is worth a read if you enjoy those kind of creeping horror aspects, even though nothing really comes of them in the end. But as a sort of psychological portrayal of witchcraft elements in a story it is very good and very original so I have to give it that especially given that quite a lot of witchy children's books tend to be you know girl protagonists doing magic or finding out about you know witches and stuff this one really stands out as being original and interesting and I'll definitely go on and read some of this author's other books maybe like the more adult ones uh, because I quite like his writing style and it is very clever. I hope you've enjoyed this review. You can get in touch in the usual ways. Let me know about any other children's book series or teenage book series about Wicca specifically. Because my Circle of Three series and my Sweep series, they're coming to a close or have come to a close. So I'm definitely looking for a new series to while away some evenings with laughing at the romantic trials and tribulations of 15 year olds. Because that's my jam and i can't get enough of it on public transport since everyone started wearing headphones so get in touch on twitter get in touch via email if you want to and in the meantime i'll see you in the next episode bye